Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We love you. We love a dear close friend on the mic, Victoria. Welcome to Skim Well. I'm so happy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness. So guys, Victoria was my college roommate and dear close friend and still amazing friend. Whenever we get to see each other, but we're in different parts of the country. We always have been. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I thought eventually like we would end up like one of us would be in the other city, but no, we've stayed for like the 15 years in our own places. In our own places, I know. <laughs> but that's good. You're doing, because we were started, I stopped Victoria before we recorded because I want to hear all about her life. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to save it for the pot because you're doing such cool things. All right. <laughs> Tell us all about it. About all the cool things I do? Yes, you're so cool. Okay. So, well, I have a solo show <laughs> Yes, called The Princess Strikes Back, One Woman's Search for the Space Cowboy of Her Dreams. It's so great. In <laughs> Chicago, right? You're in Chicago. So I'm in, in Chicago. Chicago. I live in Chicago. I'm attempting to tour the Ooh. show. So it's about how my childhood crush on Han Solo has affected the rest of my dating life. I love so this. It's very funny. There are fun stories. Yes. And very nerdy. Oh, I love it. And so, yeah, I'll be doing it at the Indianapolis Fringe Festival in a couple of weeks. That's I don't huge. know when this is dropping, but a couple of weeks from when we're recording. So That's huge. Yes. And, yeah. so we'll put, and I'll put the link in our notes and everything because I want all of our, because we have listeners all over, so they would love to see it. Oh, yeah. If you're in Indy and if you're in the Chicagoland area, I'm like writing new stuff now and doing a lot of gigs. So I'll give you my website. I love it, Victoria. And you're doing stuff with comedy, too. You're doing The Annoyance, right? Yeah. Well, I'm doing a show at The Annoyance. Okay. So I'm, like, booked for one night. Um, I don't want any, like, actual annoyance people to be like, I've never heard of her. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that always the way? Like, you do something at one show, and you're like, I don't want the herds of people that are so intense about it. No, I know. No, I was an I.O. person Mm. when it came to Chicago comedy. They're closed now. They're, like, supposedly going to reopen. Everything's closed now. That was my home. Uh But even so, I hadn't been back in such a long time. So even, like, people who are currently at I.O. are going to be like, who is that person? I don't know. I feel that way. I feel that way. I think, but I think everyone feels that way with every aspect of their lives. Like, if you went to a gym, you know, and you were, like, Mm -hmm. a regular there at the Zumba class and then suddenly... COVID hit and you're like, I don't think I want to be sweating and breathing in other people's sweaty air. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, I just saw some Pilates friends from a Pilates class from a, for the first time since pre pandemic the other day. Cause I'm like, no, I'm not going. It's also really expensive and I can't afford it. Of course. Of course. Also (laughs) when you describe something as like a Pilates friend, we're all like, Oh, pre pandemic, pre pandemic. Like nobody, everyone knows. Like if you say, I don't know if you would say like my, zoom book club we all know it's a current group but if you say anything of a social gathering before we all know you haven't seen those people in a while (laughs) (laughs) 
God, Victoria, you're so funny. You're so great. So, guys, she's a comedian, a writer, a wonderful lady. Are, we, we can also cut this, too. Are you doing, um, are you doing any school stuff right now? Because you were, like, co-teaching, right? Yeah, I was teaching. I'm not teaching anymore. I am nannying randomly and part-time. And getting whatever you want. But, yeah. No, I do have a podcast myself. Yes. 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 So that's the other thing I'm doing. Play, uh, tell, share it, everything. Okay. So it's called Now Kiss, a shipping podcast. Uh And my dear friend Kat and I are two thirsty nerds. And we just talk about all of the fictional characters kissing. Who kisses on the screen, who we want to kiss. Who are your top kissers that you want to kiss or to kiss? So I'm going to give you... One nerdy one. Give it. Give me all of it. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's really nerdy. We've tried to like. I love it. Branch out but so people. Victoria, the, the amount of <laughs> nerds are alive and thriving, and we are here, and we are nerdy. And I think growing up in the '90s, it was like mm-hmm. it was a bad word, and now it's just means now somebody like, who likes to Google things. Yeah. <laughs> so we just did one recently on. Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Duchess Satine, which is like a very deep cut cut. Mm -hmm. in the Star Wars universe. But I know I got listeners that know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. If you're a fan of the Clone Wars TV series, you know what's up. Okay. So So you want them to hook up. Oh, yeah. I mean, canonically, they did hook up as teenagers, but like we haven't seen it on screen and it's very sad. So let's get back to it. Yeah. Right. Let's get back to basics. Okay, and then what? Um, what's the uh, another one? Okay, so the other like sitcom one we did yeah. was Nick and Jess from New Girl. Oh, okay. Because they had a really good will they or won't they when they were. Did they ever? Yeah, they got I together. I never saw the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Well, I mean, we like. I mean, we're '90s kids, so like, and my my co-host Kat is the same age as us so we're like yeah. well, we grew up with like friends but we don't want to talk about Ross and Rachel it's like so I'm done bored with them. I'm so bored with them yeah and you know I was obsessed with friends in college and you were. now I'm like I can't watch it anymore like I've just seen it so many times <laughs> that's good to know but so you used, yeah, you used to fall asleep to you fell asleep to tv you were one of the first people I knew that fell asleep to tv yeah I, and I do still it now. Do. Yeah, I do it now, like, religiously. I started as a teenager, and I would fall asleep to Nick at Night, because I had a TV oh, yeah. in my room when I was a teenager, and oh, I would just leave cool. Nick at Night on and fall asleep. You're so cool. That's what you're <laughs> I doing. Don't, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. Okay, but so, because of that 90s nostalgia, because of that goofiness, we are at the tail end of our summer, but we're not going to leave behind the Summer of Scam movies. Mm-mm. We love the Summer of Scam movies, and Victoria and I have been dying to connect and do this episode together for weeks. For a while. We've been trying. I know. <laughs> and we are doing the movie. Do you want to tell them? Sure. We're doing yeah. the movie Blank Check from, I think it was 1994. Yes. Let me, I'm going to grab my stuff. I have, I have some notes, and I have some references yeah i took some notes also i love it okay yeah release date 1994 mm-hmm. and so i was in fourth grade yeah we and were in fourth grade yeah i was in fourth grade and i remember seeing this movie at a sleepover oh my 
like grade school best friend Melissa. I uh-huh. we would sleep over each other's houses like almost every weekend. As you do. And so most 90s movies I saw with her with her as like a blockbuster night. Oh, that's you know? so fun. I know that really was. We'd go to Blockbuster, you'd get at checkout, I'd always want to get all the extra candy. I never <laughs> could. Yeah, I remember walking around Blockbuster and just like seeing this one and it looked like the kid was cool and smart and I think some kids on my block really liked it I only had I only grew up with boys on my street Mm -hmm. that were very um huge assholes of course (laughs) so so they liked everything that was like an asshole based thing and they were like yeah blank check and so there are so many assholes in this movie (laughs) oh my god oh my god Uh, yeah and before we start can we talk about the fact that every 90s movie they were so mean to children yes Okay, horrible. that dad, I horrible. was like, that dad right now would totally be like, you could totally buy a house. Just stop eating avocado toast. You'll be fine. Right. Like, pull right. yourself up by your bootstraps. He's such like a boomer dad. <laughs> and he was like really? encouraging his kid. Like, the older brother and his friend had a business. We never find out what the business no, is. No. I don't know if it's like lawn mowing or whatever, <laughs> but they have a business and the dad lets them use like the desk in his room, in, <laughs> in Preston's the room, the yeah, main the character, yeah. to run their business and buy them this like fancy Macintosh computer. And he who makes the money makes the rules. So he doesn't yeah. have a bedroom anymore because he's not I making know. an income. And it's, like, and it's not like this kid, it's not like they shared a room. Like they had their no. own rooms. And he's no. still like, he they gets to have it because he runs his business. Like forget about child labor laws, 12 year olds. Like Forget about it. Well, okay, yeah. So this movie, this movie starts with, the premise of this movie is a kid, um, and the reason we're doing it for a scam movie is because this kid gets a bunch of money fraudulently and then Mm -hmm. lives his best life. But it all starts with the fact that this parent and these parents are drilling home that you'll only be happy, successful, Mm -hmm. a real person that matters if you have a job. And they're all underage. They're like 15 and under. They're so young. I mean, I remember I got a part-time job like almost as soon as I was allowed to. Mm-hmm. And I think there were, you were allowed to have a job when you were 14, but yeah, it was, like, very limited permit. hours. You could only work, like, two or three hours at a time. Right. And then when you were 16, it, like, bumped up a little bit. Right. Oh, well, yeah, I remember, this kid is 12 years old. He's so – or uh, yeah. And I remember I had – um I was babysitting. So I was babysitting from, like, 10 years old on. Yeah. But my first real job job was at Quiznos, which was, like, an official job, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't – I do remember this – and the kid says in the movie, like, I thought we, are we doing so badly? And apparently like the dad, it's really the dad's fault. He made all these investments that went poorly, right? Or the mom said, we have to start saving. I don't know. It's they kind of have like a nice house. Yeah. They're like, like dads seem have, have a good job. America. I know they're doing fine. Indiana real estate. Like he's doing great. And also this kid. So the kid goes to beginning shows you how poor this kid, which the child is not poor. And it's just such a slap in the face to any family that's actually struggling. Right. Specifically at that time. It's just a white family that's not opulently rich. <laughs> right. But they have, like, a nice house. They have cars. They have a beautiful house. It looks like the house from Father of the Bride. Like, it looks yeah, beautiful. It probably is. <laughs> yeah. It probably is. He's clothed. Oh, and the dad had a Volvo. Oh, no. Yeah. The bad guy yeah. had a Volvo. Somebody had something. The dad and, totally had a Volvo. Yeah. He was fine. And so... 
Then Preston goes to a birthday party. This is all in the beginning before like the plot turns and it's a birthday party and he only has six dollars mm-hmm. because it's his life savings to spend for tokens at the birthday party. And these kids that are his friends just keep being like, hey, you poor ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's not even his because the brother and the brother's friends stole his like jar oh, of yeah. money. And so dad just gave him six dollars. But like. The brother stole his savings. There's no justice in this house. No. This house is capitalism. Yeah. The dad is creating a capitalistic society because he's a psychopath. And he's he's having the poor, like, fight each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, so the criminal in this movie, it, like... The cold open, I guess, like yes. while the credits are rolling, is this criminal escaping from prison mm-hmm. and finding this like stash of a million dollars cash that he had it's, stolen and stashed away and hidden before prison, right? But he also had like a flame torch, like he was in a <laughs> it was in a factory. It wasn't like he was hidden in like a a backyard. It was in a factory, and he takes yeah. like a blowtorch to it. And I'm thinking, this guy just escaped jail. He's in his. He's still in his outfit from jail, yeah. and he's not being quiet. He's mm-hmm. quite loud. <laughs> and so, like, case. he's scamming, too, because he goes to the bank, and the bank president or bank yes. manager or whatever is, like, helping him do white-collar crime. Yes. Because I guess I tried to figure it out. I don't understand white-collar crime. Like, <laughs> if I could money launder, I would not know how to do it. Yeah. I would do it if I yes. could. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. But this, it's usually like you come up with certain, with money laundering, it's like you come up with another company or a shell corporation and you transfer funds and this and that, or you wire things. This was literally, he had the physical million dollars. He gave it to his friend at the bank. His friend said, these are too traceable because however he stole this money, the bills, the number sequences were in order. So he said, we have to change it out for bank bills. Right. So he exchanged it on the DL for his, like, real, his original bills for bank bills and then put it in a safe behind the bank guy's desk. Now, we don't know this at the time, but all the bank bills have, like, stamped FBI on them. <laughs> yeah, because they're, the, FBI's the FBI is watching this bank also. Yeah. And they're like... So he has this checkbook. The bank manager gives him a checkbook. And he's like, bring this in tomorrow to cash the check so that it looks above board or whatever. I don't know why. If I was the guy, I would have just sat there and said, okay, give me the million dollars. Like, why do they have to deal with the check? Yeah, the rich, the guy who just got out of prison is in such a rush to who knows what. I don't know where he's going to. But he he hands him the million dollars, asks him to trade the bills out. And then tomorrow, 24 hours later, at 1 p.m., he's going to come in with a check. And a guy named Juice mm-hmm. is going to ask him for the money and he's going to give him all the cash money to Juice. Not even to this guy. That is so crazy. You got out of jail. You swam across a lake. Yes. It looked like Alcatraz. <laughs> like, you should not <laughs> be letting some guy named Juice get your money. No. And so, but then what happens, he backs into Preston's bike. Like, almost runs him over. He almost murders Preston, right? Yeah, and then gives him a check, but because he sees, like, police coming, and then Preston's bully is there, too. That bully never stops. No. (laughs) He works really hard. And is, like, also bullying the criminal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like... This little redhead bully is, like... I think you've been drinking vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he starts shouting out things to try and, like, 
get this criminal. I don't, it's just like the funniest thing. That was the thing too in the nineties that kids decided they could ruin adults' lives by yelling false things. They'd be yes. like, this guy's trying to kidnap me, or this person is drinking vodka, or he's already tried to touch me. Like, they say horrible things, and that yeah. was like a prank, but it does ruin a human's life. <laughs> yes. And so, because he's trying to just slip away quickly, he doesn't mm-hmm. fill in the amount. Right. And, and he so says, the kid has it to a your blank dad, Your dad will know what to do. Right. right. But Preston... He doesn't get into his knows how blank checks work. Right. Because there's the whole scene where, like, he got a check from his grandma. This kid is such a piece of shit. He got... The whole family is our assholes. Like, he gets a check from his grandmother. He doesn't say thank you or anything. He's just like, God damn it, there's no amount on it. And, like, is so mad. And they said, what do you wish for? He wished that he could have enough money to kill his brother and to off his brother and his brother's best friend. (laughs) That's like all the jokes. The yeah. jokes are so It's all insane. about, like, it's so murder <laughs> and DUIs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's where we're starting. So, right, because Preston got a blank check from his grandmother, and his dad said, oh, you can just fill it in. What did grandma mm-hmm. give you last year? Let's add one, $1 instead of $10. It was $11. Yeah. And he, that was sort of the beginning of understanding what a blank check was. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it was good movie writing because it's like, oh, that's an interesting circumstance to happen. But then he takes his check and on his computer. Also, Victoria, this is so funny. In the 90s, every single child was like a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> Computers were just started, and yet everyone knew how to hack them. He knew exactly. And they threw in, like, one line at the beginning where the dad's like, maybe you could show your brother how to use it, that, like, he was a real computer kid. That was it. Yeah, that was the one that, that was got. it. But he knew exactly how to, like, space out on... Yes. Whatever, whatever printing. was before Microsoft Word. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. He he had some doc where he was typing in to cash. He put in a million dollars. And for somehow it was perfectly set to print yeah. out a, on a single check, which we still can't do today. Like, I still no. can't get my printer to, to do something that sophisticated. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, if I have to print a label, I waste so much label paper. Oh, I just write labels. it on. Like, the labels are gone. I know. No, no. I just write it on if I need a label. There's no, like, yeah. nice printing. It would have been easier not. to forge the signature than yes. to write it in the thing. So on his Apple Mac computer, which... Clearly, Apple was like, this is where we want to be Yeah. Um, in the beginning of capitalism. Not the beginning. And at first, I thought Macintosh and Mac were different because this movie made me feel that way. But um, So he writes on the check, and then he goes to the bank. It happens to be the next day, the same time that Juice was supposed to come, mm-hmm. this whole heist and, and bill dropping. And this child goes to a lady at the checkout and says, can I cash this for a million dollars? Now, he wants to go to his fancy lady. We didn't even talk about this. He's been flirting with an adult woman the whole time. The, the child whole time. <laughs> the child has been trying to get in the pants of this adult there woman. Is, there are full <laughs> rom-com beats with True, an adult you're so right. woman. I really tried so hard, Victoria, to be like, no, she's just, like, humoring him. Like, she's just trying to be nice to get to the thing. But it is quite a lot of sexual innuendos. Yes. And a lot of, like, real sexual tension. Yes, and they kiss at the end. And they kiss on the lips. On the lips! And it's so disgusting. And it's she, like, so gross. She was directed, you can tell, to, like, give a real kiss. And his mouth is so 
first together. Like it must have been his first kiss. I was like, I was gonna say that. Like that poor actor. It was probably his first kiss. Well, I went online, and this actor hadn't done, has not done anything since then. I really think Blank Check fucked up his life. Yeah. Well, he was like a child actor. Like, he was the kid from Family Ties. Like, he was like the new toddler they added to Family Ties, (laughs) you know, at the end of an 80s sitcom when they're like, we need to renew this. Let's add another kid. He was that kid. (laughs) So, like, he's got, he's got 80s sitcom money, you know? Like, I don't feel that bad bad for him. I felt bad. Like, I was, like, watching him in this with that, the bad guy, like, shaking him and the kid's, like, looking like he's going to cry. I'm like, he's not acting. This is actually a child who's terrified. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that actor was, like, actually shaking him. Completely. Completely. Because in the 80s, too, I remember when, like, sketches and scenes were like, oh, no, you can really throw my body into that garage. I remember even in, like, the early 2000s, I was like, just slap me. It's no big deal. Just, like, give me a real slap if there's a slap in the scene. Like, no biggie. Yeah, that's a go for honesty. It's so true. And if you think about what they were doing in the 70s, they were, like, we're literally, like, whipping people off of, like, bikes and, like, <laughs> karate chopping. Oh, everyone. yeah. It was real. All of oh, that. Yeah. It was all real. No and everyone protocol. was on cocaine. So, like. Totally. Everyone was taking their meds. As many yeah. meds as I'm taking today. The same thing. Double it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So, he. He is flirting with this, and I actually thought at the time she was, like, the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. She's beautiful. Uh, Alan was like, really? I never had anything for her, but it was um, Karen Duffy. I I was like, you are the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. (laughs) As a child. I was like, if only. Yeah. And she, I mean, I thought at first it was going to be like, well, because it's revealed at the end that she's an FBI agent. Yes. And so so she's working undercover, and Mm -hmm. since he clearly is the key to finding this money Mm -hmm. that she has to, like, talk to him. But no one ever said, like, why did this guy hire a 12-year-old? Right. Preston passes off everything, like, gets away with spending all this money and buying all this stuff and installing all this stuff and buying a house Mm -hmm. because he says... He's working for Mr. McIntosh. A completely made-up person that yeah. Brandon Preston is impersonating, which is the the pinnacle of catfishing. He's really starting the trend of catfishing. Oh, yeah. And it was during our childhood, which is why I think there's so many successful catfishers, because we all watched Blank Check. <laughs> so, yeah, so not once. Which she keeps saying, like, will Mr. McIntosh be there? I need to mm-hmm. see Mr. McIntosh. But she never once was like, this seems fishy that Mr. McIntosh hired a 12-year-old to handle... It's not legal. ...his finances. It is mm-hmm. not legal. Like, she could have just shut it down then. Mm-hmm. She, she needed to. Right. But, no, she goes with it, and then she goes... So, we, we're, we're rushing ahead. So, anyway, she's... That is a sketch relationship. Think of that. So, Preston doesn't get to talk to his sexy lady at the bank. He has talked to this... Uh, older woman who I'm sure was only like in her 40s, but they made her look so old. Oh, I know. In the <laughs> 80s and 90s, people looked so much so older. Old, you could not be over 35. You were dumb. No, they were like, no. we will give you all of the like giant blouses, all and the pleated pants, dye your hair white, yes, and, and make like, you walk with a limp. Lacy collars for like guy, grandma. Who's the guy? The guy who plays the bad guy, Mister. Bitterman, Michael Lerner, looks the exact same as he looks today. Like, yeah, they made he has been playing an old crotchety guy for years. For years. So um, Bitterman is the one that's supposed to hand the check or cash the check to Juice. That was the crime 
scenario. Uh So the child comes in and he says, and Bitterman says to him, do you like juice? And he's like, I guess I drink juice. And Bitterman is just cracking up like, what a brilliant idea. Have a child as your, you know, as your cover, have some kid come in with a backpack to take the money. No one would suspect that the crime is being carried out by another member of the team and the member on the team is a child. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not what's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be tone lock. Yeah. <laughs> but so he, Bitterman gives him, gives little tiny Preston all this money because he wrote on the check and Preston is like, oh my God, I'm rich and has a sequence of like life is finally great. <laughs> yes. He buys a house. First of all. Oh, right. He right. buys a castle. A castle. That's just in the middle of Chicago. <laughs> it's in Indiana. Indiana. I, so. I paid attention because I drive through Indiana quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are no castles <laughs> in Indiana. Indiana has like a few mid-sized cities and then okay. farms. And that's okay. it. There well, are they, like no suburbs. This castle was right in the middle of, the su- of a suburb of Indiana. But there's a suburb and there's a castle mm-hmm. in the suburb that he pays $300,000 cash, cash for. Yes. Which may- and that they like made it seem like that was a really high amount. Like yes. the bad guy was going to buy it for one eighty, And I was like, I know Indiana real estate is really cheap, but honestly, it made me so sad for the 90s housing market. I, I like, know. If a castle was $300,000, even in Indiana, like, maybe I would have a hope of home ownership one day. Never. But no. never. We know. We, we never. never will. They, they, that's been made clear. We're yeah. just going to be renters forever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Also, like, the adding it up in the story, the story, the twist at the end is that, of course, like, it doesn't work out. But, and spoiler alert, he runs out of money. But the amount of money spent, and so he starts with a million dollars. He goes down to now he has seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But he spends it like he has a gagillion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he installs a water slide from yes. like the house into the pool. It's amazing. Go karts, giant TVs, professional limo driver. Yes. Okay, that around. limo driver. The best part. I loved that actor so much, and you just know. That actor would walk into an audition room and see John Candy sitting there and be like, oh, <laughs> fuck. You're right. You're I'm right. losing out on this one. I'm going off. And, oh, completely. Oh, he was so sweet. He was so nice. He was so Canadian. Uh, all of his yeah. scenes, you know, were ad-libbed. Like, you know oh, yes. he told all those jokes. He was fully right improvising. He was fully just, like, doing his stand-up for yes! sure. That's what Alan said. He's like, I have a little stand-up about a, a ice cream truck. And he's like, let me do it. And he's like, let me just do it. Let me throw it in. You're going to want it in the edit. You're going <laughs> to want it. It's so true, Victoria. And the guy was such a good actor. What makes me laugh so hard is that he says, like, he's the one who teaches Preston, like, you need to know who your real friends are. Like, who can you really trust? And when the money goes, if the friends go, then they're not friends afterwards. Well, at the end of the movie... He goes away. <laughs> yeah. He brings the kid ice cream and then drives off in his limo because Preston can't pay him anymore. So he's actually not his friend. I know. And also, <laughs> this kid has no friends his own age. Yeah, he is a sociopath. Like, why? I mean, they have a bully and they kind of yeah. set up. He's like a little bit of a nerd, but he's not like the way no. nerds were in the 90s. Not No, not a typical 90s nerd where he's, like he's constantly falling over himself. And no, like, he seems like a kid. Like, he should have one best friend. 
Like, single, one single person. Yeah. Well, his parents don't even like him, so I guess that creates a concept. Yeah. You know, when like, your parents hate you. Yeah, and he runs through his money so fast, but mm-hmm. this kid is so on top of the finances, I <laughs> do not buy that he would not be balancing that checkbook every single night. You're right. I mean, I guess we could chalk it up to, like, you know, childhoodness and, like, getting carried away, but that's sure. making the writers make us do something. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. He has he has multiple TVs to create the size of an enormous wall of TVs, and mm-hmm. looking back now, they're, like, the clunkiest, oldest TVs that he's yeah. like, I got them all! But in um, 94, that was, like... It was like, a big deal. Yeah. Such a big deal. And so he has... On those TVs, he can pull up a screen of his, like, accounting. And he has his accounting, like, blown up on a big screen. And he, he's putting in all of his numbers. And he yeah, puts it's in, like, basically, like, current technology. Yeah. The way you can, like, cast your computer yes. to a device or a yes. phone to a device or whatever and see everything. He's got Excel. And he's, like, looking it yeah. up. And then at the end, he's like, I only have $300. Because he's he doing spent his spreadsheets. So much money. He spent so much money. He's There's, of course, a montage a dressing up montage, yep. a, let me see what was some of the other montages, a buying technology montage, a toy montage. Mm-hmm. You got to have a montage with music. Oh, and yeah. the, the actor looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> Even in his montage, it's like everybody else is having fun, fun, but he's, oh, they do, they buy sumo wrestling outfits. Mm-hmm. They buy a batting cage. They buy virtual reality. They, oh, it's the, the go-kart was like go-kart. the big yeah. deal. He bought a go-kart for his own backyard and his own go-kart track, and he can run around and terrorize people in his go-kart by himself. Yeah, because he has no friends to play. Like, that's not fun. No. You need to go-kart with a friend. Also, he wears a helmet to ride his go-kart, but Uh not to ride his bike in the street. Dumbass. I know. Well, and I know, like, it was the 90s. We didn't wear helmets we didn't, no. on bikes. But, like, he did put it on for a go-kart in his backyard on, like, a structured track. Right. Yeah. Under, in a cage. No, exactly. And then, oh, so the 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 driver, because it's from his Nick Dukumanen. Yeah, I looked him up. I can't, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. D-U-C-O-M-M-U-N. Yeah. Dukumanen. I don't know. He was amazing, but also he was on the clock. <laughs> he was being played to, paid to have fun with this child. And I think the the hint was that he kind of knew that oh, they, yeah. there was no real Macintosh and that the kid just needed a friend and was lonely. Um, but everyone around, he just kept saying it was for Mr. Macintosh. And the buzz of the town was that Mr. Macintosh is good for this money. So, But it never was clear. Did, he, did the kid take out credit cards? Did he say Macintosh will pay you back just put it on a thing like it, it no he just paid cash straight but up cash. seven hundred thousand dollars does not give you all of the things he had no but he paid no. straight up cash for everything and that's what the party planner or like pr person whoever she was when he yeah, was Debbie like planning. Allen, who was so scary she was such a like she was so good at scaring being like a scary thing for kids it's like a no-nonsense adult woman who was like angry at you it was so well done yeah and she uh, looked amazing. Amazing. Her party dress Ooh, was... Black and white stripes, right? Oh, my God. Yes, black and white stripes. And then, like, fit and flare, but, like, full flare. Full flare. The, the 80s flare of, like, the taffeta under. or like I love this. I, I want it now. Of course. I, I want it now. But, That's yeah. I should look. Um, she's like, oh, I need a deposit. And so mm-hmm. she took just, like, took 10 grand cash out of his backpack and is yeah. like, here's the deposit. So if he has this, I guess... He's good for the rest. I guess, yes. And so she did such a good job with her character because she was like, how am I going to reason that this 
dumbass kid is in control and why am I going to listen to him? And so she was saying like, okay, well, if you're Mr. McIntosh can talk to me. And she was being very, she was just being so good in it. Um, and also very scary to children. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, and then, so while all this is happening, the bad guy comes back, the bad guy named um, Miguel Ferrer, who's been yeah. in everything. He's in everything. He's like, yeah. he's like the number one bad guy. He comes back and asks Bitterman, where's my money? Mm-hmm. Bitterman's like, oh, I gave it to the child who's now spending it all. And Miguel Ferrer now has to go find this child who has the money, which mm-hmm. he shouldn't. They say at the end, it would have been easier to, to just like steal another million dollars. Yeah. Because trying to find a child in wherever they are in Indiana is incredibly weird and creepy and hard. And um, Tone Locke also was there, who was supposed to be, who was his buddy. And he's mm-hmm. just got the most amazing voice. And I just love listening to him. <laughs> so good no movies complete without him yeah and um and so then they they try to find the child and then it becomes they're chasing the child and it turns into home alone yes they fully i said that exact same thing in my brain it's like right. oh it's 94 when was home alone was 90 right I and then know, home alone 2 yeah. was a big thing yeah so they were like oh we have a kid in a movie with bad guys that are criminals we must home alone it in a house in a huge house yes they're doing all of the toys he now bought he's used to like really injure these adult men <laughs> right but it's such him. a weird beat because mm-hmm. in home alone it's like all leading up to that in this right. movie it's just like a tiny part we're just going to choose violence just yeah. right now, you know, because also it's very clear that these men want to murder and then kill this kid. Like if there's no like, you know, let's get, let's get in there. And, and it's sort of mysterious. Like, can we work with him or anything? Let's- it's like, these guys are going to murder me. And that's <laughs> just on the table. <laughs> yeah. And he was going to say, like, I think they went to murder because the kid had so successfully taken on a new identity. Yes. And that's what Miguel Ferrar needed to do was like. Yes. Take the money, take on a new identity. He was get dying up, so he's to do like, that. I can just take over what this kid has done. Right. You know, return this stuff. It's only been six days. Return it or sell it or whatever. <laughs> right. Get some of that make some of that he money actually back. He knows how buying and selling works. This child does not. Yeah. yeah. Um like advantage. live as Mr. Macintosh. The only problem with that is this kid knows. He's the only one who knows. Right. So we gotta off him. So we gotta murder him. We gotta murder and children. Then- we got to. And then through all this, the sexy lady, Karen Duffy, at the bank, who is called Shay, and also Alan told me, he stopped the movie, he's like, Caitlin, this is the exact plot of Dumb and Dumber. Did you realize that? I didn't realize that. She also plays, like, a mobster lady with a million-dollar cash that was given to, like, one of the Dumb and Dumber guys. Uh-huh. They spend it all, and she has to get it back through a series of stuff. And her name is also Shay in, in Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, my God. Yes! We That's were dying. We were I don't dying. think I've seen Dumb and Dumber since the nineties. So it is one of Alan's most favorite movies. And he's he's watching and he's like, wait, her? He's like, she played the monsters person and there was a case of a million dollars that was missing as well. And they had to find it. And so so funny. <laughs> yeah. So she's doing and it was also they both came out in the same year. So she just like really doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> On this. She was like, I'm going to play sexy FBI agent, I sexy monster. <laughs> I, love, I will seduce I love whomever you want me whatever. to, even if he's a child. Child, Jim Carrey, whatever we need. Yes. Yeah. So she's doing that. Um, and so, but yeah, through all of this hijinks, she just keeps going up to the child being like, can I just talk to your boss? Which is insane. <laughs> As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. 
But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Yeah, and then... In the middle, I know we're, like, totally out of order. I love it. It's fine. I know that we touched on this already, but I just have to bring it up again. They went on a full-on date. Oh, right. She takes the child out on a date to try and get information on Mr. McIntosh. he takes her out on a date. (laughs) And she goes along with it to try and get information, but it's absolutely a rom-com beat. Totally sexual tension. Yes, of, like oh, I'm going out with this guy for, like, some other purpose. Well, she's in a rom-com. The actor, the child actor just looks like the whole time he's like, where am I? What's my line? Like, he looks so underprepared for everything that's happening in this movie that it's just kind of, like, thrown on him. And he's like, okay, I guess I'm here. Like, it's, it feels incredibly awkward, and the child is incredibly awkward. The whole thing is bizarre. It's not like he's playing into it, and you see that she, as an adult woman, is like, like playing house with him and saying like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll pretend to be your I'll girlfriend. Play along. No, she's yeah. really she's going it. for it, and the child looks uncomfortable, and it makes it so much worse. <laughs> no, and then they like they do that. Th- they run through the fountain. Oh yeah, they try to escape the bad guys because the bad guys find them. They run through a fountain. Water zhuzhes up her skirt. They're laughing oh, yeah. and running around, and it's bizarre. It is. Did not age well. <laughs> no. Okay, now where are we, Victoria? Where are we in this plot, this crazy-ass movie? I have no idea. I think we're <laughs> at the party. We've jumped around a bit. Okay, he tells everyone, everybody wants to see Mr. McIntosh. So this child, even his parents are now like, I want to talk to Mr. McIntosh for investment ideas. Mm-hmm. So Preston, the child, says, okay, fine. Um, we're going to have a birthday party. It's his birthday party this weekend. It's actually Preston's birthday party, but it was the only lie he could come up with. 
Yeah. And so that's when the party planner, um, Debbie Allen, comes in. That's when everybody is really getting their energy in to be around Mr. McIntosh. Mm -hmm. And the party goes off. Mr. McIntosh has not revealed himself yet. There's a caterer there. And Preston wants, like, pizza and fries. And they have, like, all this fancy stuff. And Mm -hmm. the the driver is understanding that he's upset. So he goes to get the poor kid some ice cream. He shows up with ice cream later in a big trash can filled with ice cream, which is, like, honestly a dream. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I would love to dive into that. But he, um, and it becomes chaotic. So then everyone arrives at the party. Yes. And that's the big moment. The... Mm -hmm. Bad guys are showing up there. Preston is there. And he's, like, starting to have his catharsis of, like, you know, I don't like It's not going well. (laughs) It's not going well. Like, having money hasn't brought me everything that I wanted. No. But even though that's what genuinely he's been raised to believe. Like, it is not his fault. He was in the cult of his father's greed. Yeah. And he's just believed that this this makes you happy. So he's looking around, like... This poor child has to discover this because he's had no adult tell him it could be different. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that's been instilled in him. Yes, over and over again. Right. So then everybody, the pressure is on. Then the bad guys come in and they start to chase Brandon around asking for Mr. McIntosh. And we got more hijinks and it's totally scary. And then the Shay, the hot FBI lady comes in. It's like deus ex hot FBI lady. Yes. She comes in. Um, cause realizes that like what's going on and this is the guy mm-hmm. and she's finally like, who's Mr. McIntosh? And Miguel Farrar was like ready to take on that, that identity persona and is like, I am, that's yeah. going to be my new identity. And she's like, great. You're all under arrest. <laughs> and that's the, that's and that's the end. We yeah. don't know what happens. We don't know if he'll get the charges dropped. We don't know if later he'll get out of jail and try and kill Preston. We don't know, but she she got what she wanted. Preston goes home with his family. Well, the driver, after they kiss. Yeah. Oh, she kisses him. Oh, she says, I'll wait for you in 10 she's years. Like, and she brought it up. She's like, contact me in 10 years. And he's like, five. Six. Yeah. And, she, and then they like, like land on six, which is yeah. still creepy. It's so creepy. What, he's 12? So that's like what he's like, seven. He'll be 18. 18. So, like, technically legal. Ew. But gross. Ew. And so she's like, I can't wait to bone you when you're legal. I'm just going to be preserving myself in this FBI van around your house as I drive. It was so creepy. Insane. Also, he was so uncomfortable. It's like, why would you ever want to be around that? In 10, 15 years, it's just going to get worse. His anxiety is just going to get worse, lady. Let me tell you. (laughs) Totally. So he's... Yeah, so then they leave... The bad guy gets captured, quote unquote, but we don't, nothing is resolved really with that. The brothers are just still assholes. Mm-hmm. And the kid goes home with his dad. Yeah. And like blows out his birthday candles. Yeah. That's how it ends. And that's it. And it's like boring, but he still has no, no friends. friends. No friends of his own. He still didn't have a real birthday party. He, um, we don't know. We don't know anything that's happening. He probably has diabetes because he ate a whole trash can of ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think when you're a kid, you can get through that pretty quickly. Yes. But it's only if you, like, continue eating trash cans of ice cream that you get diabetes. My my sequel is that he finds his love in the trash can now because that's the only thing that reminded him of the 
the cab driver. And yeah. the cab driver is not his friend anymore. He's like, I'm off no. the clock. I can't get paid. I'll see you later, buddy. <laughs> totally. I, it is insane. And also the amount of work that goes on in this, it's assuming that the minimum wage is $3 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like the amount of time he has spent with this child plus overtime is two cents is the minimum wage. I hope he's getting time and a half for overtime. He's definitely not because Preston doesn't know how to do that yet. <laughs> but then but then Preston can go back to his house and be a hacker. Like I don't understand. Oh, shoot. Preston does tell his family he's going out on a date and he won't be up early because of this woman. And the dad says, lucky. And the wife is right there. So he's the dad is jealous that his 12-year-old is getting like molested by this older woman. And also, like, what dad doesn't ask their 12-year-old, like, who are you going on a date with? Yeah. Like, what's her name? What's her name? Do you Can have we meet her? ID attached. Yes. You're 12. Nothing. I know. I know. Oh. oh, that is so insane. So I, the movie was supposed to show how you can fraudulent, like you can stolen identities, you can take money that's not yours, spend it, um, trackable money, traceable money, all this, it's very, like, ripe for crime, but it's just done in such a ridiculous way. Yeah. Because it's meant for kids. There's all these, right. like, you well, know. The best I, part was the go-karts. I just thought that, like, everything else was so stupid. <laughs> and I hated how they treated this child. Like, I just hated, I couldn't get over how badly they treated him. But he did suck. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, like, I mean, he sucked because of, the way he was treated by his family. Right. And the programming. Mm-hmm. You know? You're right. Yeah. He sucked. It wasn't his fault. He was so no. sucky. Oh, my no. gosh. Well, did you like the movie? Did you enjoy it? Or did you hate it? What did you think? It was it was tough to get through. I got to yeah. say, I was kind of looking forward to watching it again just for nostalgia. Same. But it, it was pretty tough. And it's not long. Same. But I did have to do it in two parts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I started I didn't enjoy it, it in the yeah. evening. And then I finished it yesterday morning. And, like... It, it was tough to get through. <laughs> I know. I don't recommend you watch it. It's it's so funny because it is also like, it doesn't age well. Well, it definitely shows like what we thought was funny and or what society like approved as scams or approved as like rich and poor. And just like the 90s were so ridiculous. But yeah. like, ugh. I did not enjoy it. And I love scams, but I did not enjoy it. No, it was, t- I had to like, I had to have a second screen. Like, I had to be scrolling Instagram. Oh, I had to be, we you know what I mean? We were, f- I was looking at um, Love Island spoilers because I'm, like, obsessed with Love Island right okay. now. <laughs> no, I was probably doing that and playing so a dumb game or Great. something while Great. I was Yeah, so watching. we don't recommend the movie, but it was so fun to talk about this game. And, Victoria, if you were a 9-year-old, a 9 to 12, and you got a million dollars, and you were just able to have a million dollars, what do you think you would have done with it? Oh, my gosh. I would have, oh boy, that's a good question. I can't even think of it. I was such like a theater nerd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I probably would have just like bought a bunch of musical theater CDs. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and then that'll cover like 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. 15. Yeah, no, I don't. And I can't imagine being that age and not having my parents involved. Involved in my finances. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have known what to do with it. And my parents would have been like... Oh, my parents would have said no to everything that I would have wanted. Because I would have wanted to build a trapeze 
circus in the back of my yard so I could practice being a trapeze woman who rides horses and flips on a bar. Yeah, I probably, my tastes were not that expensive (laughs) as a child, you know? Like I wanted, I don't know, I probably would have wanted like a video game or something. I was never Mm -hmm. allowed to have video games. Mm -mm. So we never played them. Yeah. So I maybe would have wanted like a Nintendo, but. Yeah, mostly I can't imagine not my mom not being like, well, this is getting saved for college (laughs) and the end. You'll never see it again. Yeah, and goodbye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my parents were so nice. They would let me have gifts and then I would just blow through them. And Mm -hmm. it was like I learned so many lessons. I guess I didn't. I'm I'm still terrible with money, but (laughs) I'm so bad with money. Oh, me too. But yeah, I I really, at that time in my life, I wanted to be a trapeze artist um, at, in the circus. And I thought the circus was a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> the circus was a wonderful place. I probably would have wanted to like do stuff. Cause I remember a lot of times being like, I want to go do this. And my mm. parents being like, we can't afford it. Right. We were also like not poor. Right. But, but also that's also just what you say to your kids sometimes just to say no. Like Lewis said, mom, can I have a toy every day after school today? And I was like, was like we no. don't have the money for that. <laughs> we have some money for that, but I don't want to spend it on toys every day. Uh, no. Especially, right. he's just going to, like, break them in two seconds. And Yeah. No, he's, like, really... I, I think the COVID kids are, like, really into things. Yes. They're really, Because like, the things are their best friends. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I like had it, the two-year-old nothing. I was nannying for, for like, 2020 COVID. Like, yes. the heart yes. pre-vaccine COVID. Yeah. was, like, p- would pick up a rock every time we'd, like, go for a walk. And she'd pick up a rock every single day. And she'd, like freak out if we didn't stop to pick up a rock of course and then it was like oh this rock is my new best friend right and she she has a pattern and she endows it with all of her joy and her mom would like come upstairs from her office from where she was working at home and be like i'm so sorry you have rock friends now like (laughs) there's just they're her best friends we do there's nothing i can do about it we live with rocks completely completely i was trying to explain to lewis like we try because we don't have the space for toys so we're trying to donate toys we're trying to mm-hmm. give toys away and I keep saying like you know these are like for little babies like it's a like cement mixer that has just it just looks for like a tiny baby and he's like but mom I'm still little like he like doesn't want to like <laughs> abandon his stupid cement mixer I'm like you don't even play with this yeah you don't even care and he's like but mom I'm still you know I'm still young and I'm like of course you are you're very young but <laughs> I don't have the space for your young things we need to yeah. like, move on to four-year-old things yeah it's yeah. So crazy. And it's so funny because it's a kid will be like, never play with something. And the moment it's in your uh, hand, 100%. they need it. Immediately. Also, I am like secretly going through and thinking like, oh, we could give this way. This way. He never plays with this. And then I'll turn around. And to my surprise, he pulls it out and is like, remember this dollhouse that was like in the trash and we refurbished? I was ready to give that one away. And I didn't even tell him, but he can just sense it. He can yeah. sense it. No, you got to get rid of stuff after bedtime. Yeah. No, we've done that. Now we did that. And he's very, very smart. And so I did that with a, this was so bizarre. I never thought he'd remember. For his birthday party during COVID, it was such a obviously terrible time, I bought like a backdrop of Winnie the Pooh and we hung it up on the wall so that when he woke up on his birthday, it was like we were in Winnie the Pooh land and I wanted to try and create a place for him to quote go, even though it was inside our house. And then in, that was early birthday. And then the year goes by, it's it's a backdrop is in my house. I toss it because I'm like, he's not going to remember. Like 
two days before his birthday. He goes like, mom, are you going to surprise me with, are we going to have Winnie the Pooh again? And I was like, uh, <laughs> are we? So then I go onto Amazon. I have to buy it. I bring I, it back. I, oh my God. I get the whole thing. Like it, again, it was only like $12, but still at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, he remembered yeah. from a year when he was like two turning three that a Winnie the Pooh backdrop, like it's, so crazy his memory so I, yeah I well and i think covid insulin. kids remember that more because that's yeah. all they have like their brains aren't filled Those with like daycare <laughs> i i know i know well he's now it's so funny like he now asks me like you know like how come we don't live in maryland with grandma and grandpa basically gammy and poppy and i'm like well you know we live here our jobs are here kind of when we get when we get them yeah and he goes yeah i think i'd rather live there <laughs> we were like well of course, yeah. you know, yeah. I think if we gave him a million dollars, he would want to own a farm. He would believe, like, he's like, I need a farm. I need yeah. farm animals. He loves them. Yeah, so I think, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I would have just, like, gone to amusement parks. Like, I grew up oh, in Florida, yeah. so I'd be oh, like, we're yeah. going to Busch Gardens every weekend. We're going to Disney World every weekend. Like, I already got to do that more than the average kid, right. Right. just because it's not as expensive when it's only, like, a two-hour drive. Right. But, like, we never stayed in, like, the fancy Disney hotels. Right, hotel, we would stay right. at, like, a roadway in, like, or, like, a Marriott, you know? I like, know, I know. Off. So we didn't get, like, the fancy, like, monorail into the parks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that's good. That gives, that's why you're funny. That's <laughs> I really believe I that that's done. why you're funny. That's why I we're I think I'm funny because I was bad at gym. That's, <laughs> that's I think, the root of my comedy. <laughs> like being bad at gym. Oh, my God. Jim, what a stupid thing. They found out I had scoliosis in gym, and I was like, no, I don't. Like, I was, like, such a bitch. I was like, uh-uh, my back's perfect. And she's like, no, it's crooked. And I was like, my dad's a physical therapist. I would know, lady. I was so offended. And yeah. then we came home, and they were like, you do have scoliosis. You do have scoliosis. <laughs> I did. I think I figured out how to be, like, self-deprecating in oh, gym yeah. class because I would make to get it. It was, like, things. such a horrible experience and like, oh, being yes. in middle school and having tits before oh everyone else had having to shave your legs suddenly and like oh. and so having a change and all it's such a horrible thing oh, and right. I was so not athletic that yeah. but the coaches really liked me because I could like joke around and oh that's big. make fun of myself and like so that's how I got through gym class <laughs> oh that's so funny so you had like a little stand-up set every day for yeah I'd be like my friend and I who was also super not athletic would uh-huh. team up for like tennis uh-huh. We played tennis one yeah. unit or whatever, and we yeah. were so bad. We, like, teamed up for doubles, and we we just were, like, last place. They, like, set up a little tournament. We were always, like, the last in the rotation. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. never moved up. And so I would just be joking around, like, I guess we're undefeated for, like, being <laughs> terrible. <laughs> That's so cute. I'm sure they were just like, you know what? None of this really matters, kids. <laughs> like, that's the thing, too, is like when you're you I think you have to as a teacher, like engage everyone. But then also your adult mind clicks and you're like, yeah, who cares if you're not good at tennis? No, that's never going to affect your life. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah. I've been a teacher. So yeah. I get like if I were teaching gym, which I know, although I have subbed gym on occasion, but for you, if I were teaching gym, it I would like enjoy that kid who was like oh hell yeah yeah i'd be like come sit by me let's make fun of all the other idiots (laughs) you're the teacher (laughs) you can't sit down (laughs) i love it i love it so much oh my gosh speaking of 90s nostalgia (laughs) yes oh my god victoria you are so amazing this was so 
fun and funny and such a stupid movie. And I really appreciate you doing this with us and coming on to talk about it and spending so much time. Yeah, I'm so glad to have met you and also have met you. I know. I've seen you. (laughs) I've seen you this morning. Anyway, so, but blank check. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. (laughs) Not a watch. Don't watch it. It doesn't hold up. Um, If you want it, the only scene, I would actually say watch the trailer. I think the trailer makes it look so much more fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I didn't watch the trailer. (laughs) That's it. That's all you need to watch. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And, yeah, if we have any fans of Blank Check or if anybody had a Blank Check experience in their life, let us know. I love it. We're getting, I'm getting people emailing me um, and sending their scams. So I'm so excited we're going to do it episode soon where I just read off everyone's amazing scams. Nice. So yeah, let me know. Please. Oh yeah, I was going to say, where can people find you? All right. So you can find me at notvicky4 on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I also have a website yes. still, uh, victorianotvicky.com. So whenever you're listening it. to this, visit my website. That's where you can find links to how to watch my solo show right now. Uh, if you're in the Indianapolis area, you can see it live uh, mm-hmm. August 19th through, I want to say 28th, but Amazing. look on my website. And Amazing. then that's all I have booked right now, but keep an eye out because I occasionally will make it available for streaming. So for pay what you can. Oh, good. So, yeah. I want to see that. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so right. much. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kate and, and Jesse and everybody for listening. And if you have a scam call, you can call us because you know I love a phone call. 347-509-9414. And you can connect with us at Scamwell Podcast on gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram. We're around and we love you. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen to my podcast, too. Yes, Sorry. Oh, do her podcast. Listen to my podcast, Now Kiss, a shipping podcast. We're brand new and we're indies, so you have to search for it. it, but we're pretty but funny. But you won't be so. disappointed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's worth a search. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Scanwell Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moltenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening, all of your support. We're so happy to have you here, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.